Welcome to Rise and Thrive with Sam. I'm your host, Sam Jones, a women's online health and fitness coach, bridging the gap between building your dream body, optimizing your health, and finally taking control of your life so that you can become the best version of you. I've helped hundreds of women do just that, and it's time to share my tips, tricks, and industry-leading secrets with you. So let's dive in. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to be back. It's been a couple weeks without an episode. And unfortunately, that is because I was sick AF and I sounded disgusting and I did not want to force you guys to listen to my sniffles and my raspy voice. So we are here now and I am super happy to be back. So we are going to dive into today's episode. And today we are talking about high performing women and some of the challenges that they can face, specifically hitting burnout and, you know, the impact that this has on their life and how we can overcome this. So before we get into that, I want to kind of define a little bit as to like what I see a high performing woman to be, because I think this is a term that gets thrown around a lot and people are probably like, what even is that? So to me, this is a woman who excels in various areas of her life. So usually career is one of them. Her personal relationships and her family is another. And this might also include some form of education, self-development, but she's basically somebody who's juggling a lot of things and doing well at it. And the characteristics of a high performing woman is usually being ambitious, driven, motivated to succeed, overcoming obstacles, usually a leader or somebody that people look up to. And this is something that, you know, I see commonly in a lot of women today in this kind of boss babe era, right? That like a lot of women are being bosses and I'm not here to hate on that by any means, girl, please do your thing. As an entrepreneur myself, I can understand and relate to that. Uh, But one thing I do see is that unfortunately, this becomes their identity and they have a really, really hard time of doing anything that's actually for themselves and putting themselves first. Like they lack to take care of their health. They lack to take care of their uh, overall well-being because all of these other things take the front seat in their life. So for the sake of this podcast, I want to focus on career, right? Because I feel like a lot of like career women would fall in this category. And I've worked with a lot of women that would fall in this category. A lot of women who are entrepreneurs, who are high-level executives, who balance a full-time higher-level job with a family, who are also maybe taking education courses or self-development courses, right? So a lot of women who are doing their thing, but like I said, they really struggle to carve out time for themselves. And work typically gets placed at the forefront nine out of 10 times because work is something in their life that is bringing them value and purpose. So if you are like one of my corporate girlies, maybe you tend to think that if you're not on top of checking your messages or your emails or, you know, being at the beck and call of your employees, the place is going to burn down without you. Or if you're an entrepreneur at the beck and call of your clients, These women put themselves on the back burner and simple things that should be a basic human right, like taking a 15 to 20 minute lunch break away from your desk. Like, let's just take one minute to think about how toxic that is, that you feel like you can't have 15 minutes to yourself to be able to eat your lunch in peace without catering to your job or having at least one day a week without any work at all. Or taking a vacation without your cell phone permanently attached to your hand once in a while. All these things become distant luxuries for women who feel like work is at the forefront of their life, right? When the truth is the dumpster fire will still be there when you get back. And in my opinion, this happens for a couple of reasons. So one is that you work hard, you perform well, 
and you are super reliable. So you become that go-to person when shit hits the fan. When there's a deadline that needs to be met, it all falls on you because the team knows it'll get done. You get taken advantage of because you are amazing at your job and you also lack boundaries. So more and more and more gets piled onto your plate until eventually you speak up or break. And then number two, being that person, the go-to person that everybody knows will crush it makes you feel successful and seen. You've become so reliant on your career, giving you a sense of worth and purpose in your life that you don't want to take a step back from that to start finding worth and purpose in other areas of your life as well. Because living in that chaos has just like become the comfortability for you. And don't get me wrong, I am in no way, shape, or form bashing anyone who has the drive and determination and ambition to show up and put in the work and be great at their job. And of course, there's going to be a season of life where we all have to have different priorities and things might be a little bit unbalanced, where we might need to take a little bit of a hit somewhere to be able to put focus somewhere else. But I'm just saying that you deserve to feel great outside of your job too. And your well-being should never be compromised or neglected for the sake of I can't because of work. So I just want you for one second to close your eyes and I want you to imagine yourself going into that office or logging into your computer for the first meeting of the day and that version of you is feeling incredible. She just got an amazing workout in. Now she's buzzing from all those endorphins. She's fueled up with a healthy, nutritious meal. She got an amazing sleep the night before. So she's feeling energetic. She's mentally focused. She's feeling confident as hell in her skin, rocking her outfit without a second thought, and she's ready to crush the day. She no longer feels like a chaotic, hot mess, stressed out, running around like a chicken with her head cut off, exhausted before the day's even started, needing three cups of coffee to survive, feeling drained, burnt out from being overworked and having a lack of boundaries, needing to choose between staying late to get more done or going to the gym to get a workout. How much better would you feel if you started to fill up your cup first? And if you're sitting here thinking, Sam... I wish it's just not that easy. It honestly really is. It's just not comfortable. So you need to be willing to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it begins with some simple steps that we're going to go over today. And the first most important one is a decision. You need to make the decision to start putting yourself first. This is a simple mindset shift that you need to start actually believing that you are worthy of these things. If you don't think that you are worthy and deserving of feeling your best and having a healthy balance in your life, then of course you won't be able to take any action to make that a reality. Our reality all starts with the stories that we tell ourselves every single day, little and big. If you tell yourself every day, I can't afford to take a lunch break. Everything will crash and burn in the 20 minutes I leave my desk and I'll get fired or have to deal with a large headache. Are you ever going to probably take that lunch break? Probably not. Or maybe you tell yourself, there's no way I have time to go to the gym. This week is just way too busy. There's too much to do. Are you going to make going to the gym a priority? No. If you reframe those thoughts to things like, I know there's a lot going on right now, but I'm going to go refuel and take a minute to recharge. So when I come back, I can tackle this with more energy and more clarity. Are you going to be more likely to take the lunch break and feel 10 times better after you do? Absolutely. 
or maybe telling yourself, yeah, this week is crazy. So I'm going to make sure that I get to the gym on the way home from work to take care of myself mentally and physically and release some tension. So then that way I can feel even better going into my day tomorrow. You're going to be way more likely to make those things work. Secondly, you need to have boundaries, girlfriend. Hands up if you struggle with people-pleasing tendencies, because we both do. But this is, again, right? It's like I said in the first piece, it starts with a decision. And you also have to start with a decision here to implement boundaries. I know boundaries are something that are incredibly hard and incredibly uncomfortable. And if you are a people-pleaser or a you know recovering people-pleaser like myself, it's even harder. This is something I have had to learn the hard way for myself in both my corporate experience and my entrepreneurial journey. And honestly, just in life, I am somebody who naturally is definitely a people pleaser and I hate conflict. I will say yes when my head and heart are screaming no, and I will go above and beyond to make somebody else comfortable. And this is something that really did not get me far in either of those scenarios. And I had to learn different, really learn different lessons in both. But the thoughts of, well, what if somebody thinks I'm slacking off? Or if I don't tend to this problem right away, like what will people think? What will happen? But you're a human. You're not a robot. You're not expected to be perfect and available 24-7. We live in a society now where people have set the expectation of needing to be go, 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 work, work, work 24-7, but this is not a healthy response and this is exactly what will lead to things like adrenal fatigue, burnout, and just resenting what you're doing in life when you get to a certain part in the road where you just can't keep up with this anymore. You're going to look back and be like, wow, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. I wish I was able to take care of myself. I wish I was able to take a vacation and go do the things that I wanted to. And the reality is that you are choosing to make yourself that available. Just because something is common, that doesn't mean it's normal or healthy. And this statement goes for so many things in life. Sure, it's common to eat like a trash can and eat fast food all the time, but is it normal or healthy? You guys know the answer to that. It's no. (laughs) Sure, it's common to drink large amount of alcohol every weekend, but is it normal or healthy? No. It's common to sit at a desk for eight plus hours a day and then come home and sit on your couch to watch TV or scroll social media for the rest of the evening. But is that normal or healthy? No. Sure, it's common to be consumed with work and have chronically elevated stress levels, but is that normal or healthy? No. So you must choose to set the boundaries that are going to support you and your physical and mental well-being. I personally believe some of the bare necessities for these should be able to I personally believe that some of the bare necessities for these should be time to eat three meals a day away from your desk. So take that lunch break, girl, getting seven to nine hours of quality sleep per night, moving your body. So that's workout and steps, some form of movement each day, staying hydrated at least one day a week, being completely unplugged from work. So whether that's closing your laptop and putting it away for the day, turning off your work phone, turning off work-related notifications, whatever it is, and a stress-reducing or nervous system regulating activity. 
And I personally think that doing this once a day is going to give you the best results, right? Even just five minutes, five minutes of sitting and intentionally just being five minute meditation, five minutes of breath work, five minutes of reading, five minutes of just being present, playing with your pet, right? All of these can be considered a stress reducing nervous system regulating activity, especially extra, 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 especially if you work a high stress job. Number three is communication. Sure, coming up with the boundaries and having intentions to follow them is great, but enforcing them is the hard and most uncomfortable part. Standing up to people when they push them and kindly sharing that you're not available or simply saying no. Learning to say no, like just the word no, and not a sorry after or an excuse after is one of the most powerful and confidence boosting activities you can do. The more you do it, the less guilty you feel about it and the easier it becomes. And communicating these to people, right? Like it doesn't even just have to come down to somebody asking you something and you saying no, it can be communicating to people in your life what these boundaries are and why they're important to you. Human beings are not mind readers, right? Nobody is going to know that you're trying to make a change for these things to support your mental and physical health. So you need to be the one to lay the cards on the table and say, listen, this is what's going on and this is what I need to implement. The people who need to know these things are the people that you work with, right? If you are being overworked and you feel like you are not able to fill up your cup, you need to communicate with the people putting all of that stuff on your plate. Or you need to delegate and find ways to balance that out more, right? And that's going to all come from communication. Two, the important people in your life, in your personal life, you need to communicate these things to your family, your partner, your kids, right? Like, obviously you want to be that go-to person, the person everybody leans on, but you cannot do it all. If you need help and you need to have some more time to yourself to be able to do things that are going to fill up your cup so you can show up for these people bigger, better, they need to know, right? And a lot of the times I do this myself, you keep things inside because you just think like, you know, I'm the, I'm the one that these people count on. And you know, these are the, I should be able to do these things. And I get down on myself if I can't, but simply saying to your partner, like, Hey, I'm really stressed out. I have a lot on my plate. Would you mind helping me out with X, Y, Z? Or just so you know, like I'm making a solid effort to be able to be home more to be more present and not work as much, right? Or maybe it's really important to you to start getting to the gym because you've been really unconfident in your body and you really want to make time to carve out working on your fitness goals saying like, hey, I need to be able to get to the gym three times a week. What can we do? What can we delegate? How can we make this work? Number four is being a master of your time and stop living reactively, right? A lot of the time, don't get me wrong, as high-performing women, we are very busy. There's a lot on our plate, but sometimes some of this comes from lack of organization and lack of proactive action. And this is going to be where getting really, really clear and concise with where your time is going, doing time audits and actually seeing what we're doing in a day, making sure that you're taking advantage of things like calendar tools, scheduling tools, staying on top of commitments in advance and not letting a lot of last minute things come up because you lacked the initiative to prepare in advance are going to be your best friend. I did an experiment recently and the results were mind boggling. And I shared this with some of my clients and they were like, dude, how? I was getting into a funk where I wasn't planning out my weeks. I wasn't planning out my days. I was kind of just living by the seat of my pants being like, you know what? Like, I know what I need to do in my head. I know what I need to get done. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to keep that in my brain. I know that I'm going to get it done. 
So what I did one day is I just lived like that. I just flew by the seat of my pants and I was like, I know what I need to get done today. So we'll see what happens. And what I did is at the end of the day, I sat down and tracked my time of like, where did my time go? What did I do? And what I was able to do was then I compared this to what I did in a day when I actually planned everything out. So the night before, you know, the second side of the test was the night before I went in my Google calendar. Well, first I brain dumped everything I I thought that I needed to do or that I wanted to get done that day. And then I went in my Google calendar and I time slotted it all in. I was like, we're going to find a time for all of these things, right? So based off of that, I was able to see, okay, if I want to get all of this done, what time do I need to wake up to actually have enough time to do all of this? What time do I want to be in bed? When am I going to eat my meals? What are my leftover times to get these things done? And, you know, moved things around accordingly. And then what I did is I woke up the next day at the aforementioned time, set my alarm, got it, like made sure I got up. And then I followed the schedule as best as I could. Do things always go hundred percent according to plan? No. Is your schedule always going to be followed perfectly? Absolutely not. But at least if you have a guideline, you know what you should be doing when, and if you need to make some adjustments, you can, it's going to keep you much more focused and on task. And then also if there is something that needs to be moved, all you have to do is move that one task to the next day. So I'm just looking at those two time audits right now, and I want to share some of the very key differences to you guys with this, right? On the non-planned out day, and I just woke up at whatever time I felt like waking up because I had no set wake up time, I woke up at seven. On the day that I planned out, I woke up at six with an alarm. On the day that was not planned out, while I was working through the day, doing random tasks, just again, things that I was keeping in my brain that I knew I needed to get done. I looked at my phone a total of 16 times to scroll when I didn't need to just mindlessly scrolling the day that I had intentional tasks and I was following an intentional workflow. I looked at my phone three times in the same amount of work time when I didn't need to just to scroll. But because I had more intentionality behind knowing exactly what I needed to do, when, a start and an end time, a period of time that I knew I needed to get it done out by, one, I got way more tasks done because I knew that I needed to be efficient because I was going to be needing to move on to the next one. And I didn't get distracted. I only looked at my phone three times. In the day that I didn't plan, I only ate two meals, which means I under ate because I wasn't accounting for the times that I knew that I needed to eat. In the day that I did plan, I ate three full meals with two snacks. I didn't work out until 7 p.m. the day that I didn't plan because I was all over the place. And by the time I finally got around getting to the gym, it was late. I wasn't focused or in the mood because I felt like I should have been doing other things that I didn't get to earlier in the day. My energy was lower. I just wasn't feeling great. The day that I planned out, I went to the gym with an intentional break in the middle of the day, and that allowed me to get a more focused workout in because again, I had a specific time. I knew when I was going to be doing it. It was earlier in the day. I had better energy levels and I knew exactly I had an hour to work out, right? So I got there. I was efficient. I went in, got it done and got out. The day that I didn't plan, I only got three tasks done for work for the entire day the day that I planned out, I got eight tasks done. And the day that I didn't plan out, I got into bed at 830 and scrolled Instagram and TikTok until 11pm. Whereas the day I planned out, I got into bed at eight, 
didn't look at my phone again for the rest of the night, read for an hour and was asleep by 10 p.m. So I got to bed an hour earlier as well. So clearly this shows you guys that I was way more efficient, got way more done, and was still able to do more for myself in a busier day when I was efficient with my time management, right? So this is really just kind of here. I know that was like kind of a lot of back and forth, but here to illustrate to you guys that becoming a master of your time can really, really, really make the difference of carving out that time for yourself that you feel like you don't have. So stop being living in so much chaos, stop living so reactively, and really being a master of your time can be a game changer. And the final thing I want to talk about in this list of tips is seeking joy and worth in other areas of your life, right? So like I said earlier, I think a lot of us become really attached to our career or whatever that one thing might be bringing you value. I also see this a lot like in general with people with their families, right? Like, yes, of course, of course, your child brings you worth. Being a mom brings you worth. Having joy and being proud of your child, right? That is 100% valid. But what I also see a lot of is down the road when women lose sight of themselves and who they are and what they have in their life, you know, going for themselves is that when their kid goes off to school, whether it be elementary school, high school, college, they really struggle to have that worth and find purpose for themselves elsewhere, right? So by continuing to do things for yourself and really knowing what you like, what your hobbies are, what things that bring you joy and worth in your life outside of that can be really beneficial. So trying different hobbies, doing different activities, right? Like this, getting to know yourself and knowing what things you like outside of that that one niched purpose of work or being a mom or being a student or whatever it might be can be very, very, very beneficial, right? So this can be something like an activity that you like to do or a club that you want to join or like somewhere that you want to travel. Maybe you really want to see different places of the world, but finding other things in your life that you're looking forward to is going to be very helpful. And just remember, it's a process. It's okay to start to implement these things and then struggle with a little bit and have to revisit it, right? Like Rome wasn't built in a day. Habits are not built overnight. These are going to be things that are going to take time to change and implement in your life. So give yourself grace. Don't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen right away. Just remember, right, that it all comes, like I said, from the very beginning of making a decision and shifting your mindset to knowing that you are worth having these things in your life and you are worth to be able to have time for yourself and to be your best self outside of other people's demands on you. So guys, that's it for me today. I hope you guys liked this episode and found it helpful. If you have any questions or, you know, you guys found this helpful and you want to chat more about it, my DMs are always open. I love hearing from you guys. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you are listening to. And I will see you guys in the next one.